What is up? What is good? How you living? How you feeling? It is Lefko. It is Sims. Yo, yo. Back on Monday after a nice weekend. What up? I had jury duty. You went to Salt Bay's restaurant. Man, it was packed. Yeah. Jam-packed. Yeah, it's great. great. Have you done jury duty? Uh, I actually, I've gotten lucky the last few times where I've gotten canceled out of it. Like, Like I've told you, where I had a call the night before, and they said you were not needed. Oh, wow. But then I, I have to go here soon because I missed a time. My wife didn't open the mail <laughs> in her busy life. And I, dude, I now lost... I have to go online and register or something. Oh, just... I'm just letting you know, as soon as you do that, yeah. they're going to send you one. Well, yeah, I've already been sent it. Yeah. So, yeah, I have to do it or I'm going to jail in the next two weeks. Like, that's what they've. T- that's the letter I've gotten last time. If you go to jail, yes. can you use your one phone call to be on the podcast? Yes, I will. Okay, thank you. Yes. I appreciate it. The other thing that happened while I'm at jury duty, I'm watching our Martellus Bennett video blow up. It's crazy. Sims, did you know that 89% of the NFL smokes marijuana? The funny thing about it is it was so arbitrary. It was such an arbitrary number. Like, he made up a number, but what I've realized in the media is... It was so random that it looked official. Is that what he said? 89%? He said 89. You're like, yeah, in the 80s. But he was like, eh, like 89. He just like made it right. up and it blew up. I, I didn't First really. First take everywhere. I saw, I mean, people sent me screenshots. Like, I didn't really listen to what anybody's had to say about any of these subjects. So Apparently, I, Stephen A. like went on a rant about like he just didn't listen to anything. That's the thing is it's a statement that you can rant off of right. without hearing the full context. And our and our context was that okay, so if I said 80%, it didn't mean all 80% were going home and rolling big fatties no. every night. No. My point was that 80% of the league does, let's say 40% smoke on a consistent basis and right. then that other 40%s like once a month or something yeah. like that. I, mean, I didn't mean everybody was a pothead. I was just more taken aback at it blew up Washington Post, all that stuff. It, was I, crazy. I mean, it is crazy, but not, I mean everything's crazy this day and age. It's all you crazy. Got so, so, what's going on right now? I'm tired, and we started this damn podcast a half hour late. That's and true. You, you're you're in makeup when the show's supposed to be starting. That's not true. So that's the crap. I'm, and then you're doing origami over here with you your because that's what we do. Because you, you don't want to host shows anymore. We're gonna oh yeah, what a pick it out. So we you don't have a host. We're having an open conversation. <laughs> and that, what I like to show people. Now, can we show Sims on the two shot? You see that smile on his face? Yep. That's how we loosen him up. That's how we do it. You just ask, what about me is pissing you off today? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, James Harrison, I just want to do this. Your news face and is pissing me off. I know. Do you have tough. a cough or a cold? I was battling this weekend. Was it allergies, though? Or? I think allergies, allergies came are around. in yeah. on Sunday and right. knocked me on my ass. Yeah. Uh, James Harrison retires, and I thought, man, is this guy a Hall of Famer? And I don't know, right. so I'm going to go to you, the Oracle. Yeah. Five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, right. two-time Super Bowl champ, right. Defensive Player of the Year, right. uh, 84 and a half career sacks, yep. um, and then uh, he had the 100-yard touchdown in the Super Bowl. So he has a defining moment. Yes. Is James Harrison a Hall of Famer in your mind? I mean, let's talk. Let's talk it out. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, he's really good. Another like guy that we always say like NFL legend, but right. not a Hall of Famer. Uh, so what's 
interesting is in yeah. his first four years of the NFL, right. he started eight games. Yeah. And then after that, went to five straight Pro Bowls. Right. So he has this career, which he's a bust, he's a bust, he's a bust, he's a bust. Boom, breakout. Yes. Um, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. You're better at context and history than I am in terms of him playing that position. Yeah, I don't think the numbers are going to verify that enough, nor do I think, listen, he was a really good player, you know, 2008. Uh, that season, year, yeah. yeah, he was player, defensive player of the year. I mean, we played against him that year when I was on the Tennessee Titans. Week fifteen uh, was a game for the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. Right, the Tennessee Titans won. If you remember, that's where like Lendell White stumped on the the terrible towel before yes. the game and all that. But I could tell you this: this is where always the media voting drives me crazy to a degree. Because as we're preparing that game, obviously we're watching a ton of film and Pittsburgh's defense with Dick LeBeau and all the things they did at that time. It's hard to get prepared for it. So me and Kerry Collins, we watched a ton. And, I mean, there's no doubt James Harrison was really good, but he definitely wasn't the best player on his defense, but he won the best defensive player award on the NFL. Palomalu? Palomalu was like hands – I mean, it was out of this world that year. That was the best year Palomalu ever had in his career, I thought. And it was so good that he got someone else – he got uh, someone else the, the year. Yes, it's yes. funny. It, it does well, work. I think I think James Harrison in my mind goes down in the Hall of Fame characters yes. of the NFL. Right. Uh, I think the last few years, the caricature of James Harrison, smoke and chains wrapped around his neck, and wearing sweatsuits and being in the bench press, like. <laughs> I, I think that he could have a very good post NFL career, and mm-hmm. I definitely not a broadcaster, but like a personality. Yeah, because like he he is a caricature of he himself. Is. He is a caricature. I, I could see him going a few ways too. I think he's obsessed enough with training and things could like he that. Be a, a coach, I know, a strength something coach. like that, or he opens up training facilities for young kids or whatever it may be. Well, you but talked about crazy characters or strength coaches. They are. He he fits that mold of that kind of like Ooh. meathead guy. Like, look at me, I'm doing 225 on the incline, right. and I'm, I'm writing this down. Right. Sims and Lefko work out with James Harrison. Oh, that would be amazing. I'm pitch it. That would be amazing. All right, let me write that down. Gosh. Okay. I mean, some of the weights he lifts. <laughs> That would be... He would look at me and just... He would not even want to talk to me. <laughs> like, I feel like if we walked in and be like, all right, let's do this, he'd look at you. He'd look at me and go, all right, Chris, here's what we're going to do today. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Uh, the other thing that was happening a lot is I feel like we came to an end of Bear versus Lion. I think we've reached an end. But the our listeners have not. We're on to Siberian Tiger. Nope. I already started. We looked at some videos of the house. I've scouted it out. Well, Me and Charlotte were, we're all We're going to need it. you to scout something different. Right. What I've realized is last time might have been a little unfair. I came prepared. Yes. You did not. Right. We got a ton of possible mascot battles across the NFL. Okay. From Giants against Jets to Buccaneers versus Raiders. <laughs> Here's how we're going to do this. <laughs> Every Monday, we will pick a new battle. Okay. And then on Wednesday, we will argue our battle okay. to either your dad, right. Phil Sims, right. or whoever our guest is. This Wednesday, it's going to be Peter King. So yes. tune in for Peter King. Yep. But Peter King will watch the battle that we have between this. And we are going And you with, pick these battles? You're just picking battles that people comment on? That's submitted to All us. Right. So here is uh, the first pull uh, of the day. You have to let me get some audio real quick. Man, it was disappointing. I'm disappointed. Reach in there. That my lion lost. Still don't right. believe it. All right, go for Damn. it, Sims. All right, I got you. And our first battle is... Duncan Simmons says, 
Paul Brown versus a dolphin. That's amazing <laughs> that you pulled that. So shout out to uh, Duncan Simmons. Yes. Who is, man, we have Falcons versus Eagles, and he picked Paul Brown versus a dolphin. So the Browns are named after Paul Brown and the Miami Dolphins. Right. This is going to be a great battle. It is. Um, I mean, if this now, now oh, this no, Brown. No, 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 no. We get to pick, we have to figure out who gets what. So I'm going to let you have the first pick of the draft. Do you want Paul Brown or the dolphin? I'm going the dolphin. Nice. I got Paul Brown. <laughs> All right. So on Wednesday. But are we really going like? What is the Brown? Isn't it? I mean, are we going to say it's a? No, it's Paul Brown. It's a person. Yes. And where are we making this fight happen? In the water or on land? Um. <laughs> yeah, it's a little problem there. I was more taking it like the brown paper bag, and I was just, hey, that brown paper bag could be a problem for the dolphin. He chews on that and chokes. He's you're, dead. You're giving away a lot. Now I have some strategy against your right, dolphin. Right, but no, now you're talking about an old white man who can't swim. We're in trouble. You're in possibly, trouble. Possibly. <laughs> possibly. One Wednesday, we will argue Paul Brown versus dolphin. You're dolphin. I will be Paul Brown. <laughs> Peter King will decide. <laughs> Peter is, I kind of want to do it like right away to Peter. Peter yeah. So he has no Start idea. It off, yeah. Right. Peter, serious question. Let's get our sound effects ready too. <laughs> That'd be amazing. You're fishy, fishy, fishy. Uh, quick in their prime from Isaac Diamond Calvin Johnson Ooh. versus Jerry Rice. Ooh. Wow. I don't usually put all of them in, but this was a good one. This is a good one. Gosh. In their prime. Yes. Gosh. I think I'm taking Calvin Johnson. I am too. In their prime. How do we constantly call Jerry Rice the greatest and then constantly put people like Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, and T.O. over it? Because it's like consistent greatness what he had, but I don't think his ceiling was ever the same as T.O., Randy, or a Calvin Johnson. In their prime, Calvin Johnson or Randy Moss? Oh, I would go with Randy. Okay. I do think Randy could do more with the short pass and make something happen after the catch. But in than, terms of the ball in the air. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't mean, know if I've ever seen anything like Calvin Johnson. Yeah, it was special. But, yeah, Calvin Johnson, I mean, again, whew, I told you. I mean, I know I told the story at some point in one of our 9,000 podcasts. But yeah. the fact we flew to Georgia Tech the year after I lost my spleen because we had a top five pick. And they want me to throw to Calvin Johnson at the pro at this workout. You've never told me this. Oh, I never told you this. No. So we flew in a private plane, me and Gruden and Bruce Allen, and we're going to go work out Calvin Johnson, and we don't want anybody to know. So we're going up there. And, and the whole I believe, time, Gruden's like, "Oh man, this guy. Oh, I'm going to see my. This is going to be Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I'm forget. I'm excited to see Calvin Johnson. I'm fucking nervous because I'm not right. And I'm going, damn, this is the first time they're going to see me and I can't fucking throw. And Calvin Johnson's going to go. With your spleen. Right. And Calvin Johnson's going to go, damn, I, I don't, don't want to play for this team. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and I sucked. I mean, I sucked. What does that mean? I got him. I probably in, in, inflated his value to the team with all the great catches he had to make during our workout. You were legitimately throwing it. Oh, I was throwing like ducks and quackers, and like I was just trying to complete it. Did I was, anyone say anything to you? I'm sure that was one of the first times to go, wait, what the fuck happened to our quarterback? Yeah. Sorry for the swear. And so but you were throwing it all over the place. All over the place. I'm throwing them skinny posts, and I'm going, oh my gosh. And he's reaching back with one hand and just snagging it. How good I was mean, he? Oh, he was. he was... I mean, 
again, when we talk about catch radius, I think that was the first time in my mind I went, oh, my gosh, this is what people are talking about. Like, with catch radius people, like, I could throw the ball 10 feet off target, and he would, I was like, I'm one for one. Wow. This is amazing. Um, yeah, it was special. Had you ever thrown to anybody like that? A little bit. Like, Roy Williams, when I was coming out of Texas, yes. was a lot like that. Roy wasn't as big as Calvin. Calvin or is as fast. Huge, yeah. It was close. Close. Roy ran four three seven coming out, just like Calvin did. I forget, because I remember so many of the old Old Roy, Roy when he got too big, he couldn't yeah, run the same. Big. Yeah, but but uh, Calvin was a giant man. I mean, that's why Calvin's knee gave out. You can't be that big and cut that awesome and think, oh, my knee will last forever. Yeah, he was... I- I, I think we're going to look back and realize that, like, Saquon and Calvin, and we should make a team of all those guys. I don't yeah. know what the name of that team would be. The Avengers. It was like says. the Avengers. You're right. You're right. Cam Newton at quarterback. Right. Like, if they just walked off, you'd be like, it's like Space Jam. Yeah. Like, none of those guys make sense. Yes. Like, who created Calvin Johnson? I don't know. I don't know. All his, right. So, his mom and his dad, which probably, goes back to the old conversation. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right. So, I have four main topics. Each have subtopics. Right. Uh, the four topics that Sims will be choosing in the Out of Lefko Field hat are the quarterback whispers. Oh. Show me the money. Ooh. Show it to me. Literally, I need some money. Uh-oh. Bad off season. Uh-oh. Bad off season. And... As the Patriots' world turns. Oh, as the world turns. All right, so why don't you reach in there and tell us, what is the first topic for Sims and Lefko? As the Patriots' world turns. Oh, of course it does. All right, so as the Patriots' world turns. <laughs> so the two I've picked, you have not, there's like the, the ones you didn't want me to pick, huh? <laughs> well, no, Paul Brown versus Dolphins hilarious to right. me. Okay, so now, which Patriots story Why are we going to first? Dolphin to drown that white man? Drowned him! All right, and the first one is... There's no way Paul Brown can fight a Dolphin. I don't even think on land. I'm so on land, I'm that. still taking the Dolphin, okay? Right, I so think he's going to whoop his butt before he runs out of air, and then he'll wiggle his way back in the water. You're ruining a lot of your arguments. <clears throat> Amandola questions Belichick. Yes, he did. So I go on to NFL.com and I see a story about, man, so it's hard to play for Belichick. He's kind of an a-hole. Yes. And that was the headline. And yes. then I read the article and I was like, you guys buried the lead. Amandola... Uh, talked about Malcolm Butler, mm-hmm. and he said, "I hate my. I have my thoughts about it because I was out there putting my blood, sweat, and tears out in the field that night, and one of our best players wasn't on the field. To tell you the truth, I don't know why. I did ask, but I didn't get any answers. He's going to play more football in his career, and he's going to be a great player for a long time. With that said, I don't know how the business aspect went into that decision. I don't know the personal aspect between him and Bill, but as a friend, I would have loved to have seen him." On on the field that day. Few things. One, he asked and didn't get answers. Right. Amendola was probably not the only guy that asked. Definitely either. not. Apparently, it's the talk of the locker room if he's willing to say well, that. I, I, those are the type of things left code that if it happens during the game, Tom Brady was walking around the sidelines going, "Why isn't Malcolm out there? Why isn't it's somebody? Why is it like?" I mean, that's, and the fact that Amendola called him a friend and said he's going to have a great rest of the career. How much of the Malcolm Butler situation caused 
these guys to go to other teams and Gronk to still be mulling retirement. Mm-hmm. What Do you think the Butler thing may have set all of this off? I think that it's just given, them a, given some of these guys a jumping off point to spout off on a guy that they've kind of wanted to spout off on a little right. bit and Belichick, and now they have a little bit of a leeway to go somewhere here. I mean, just reading between the lines, it doesn't, you know, and Tom Brady liking the tweet of Malcolm yes. all those kind of things. To me, it sounds like the players, for whatever he got in trouble, for don't think it was that big of a deal and that mm. Bill was trying to prove some you know overall point will we ever know yeah, we will because I'm gonna find out I'm gonna find out <laughs> I know too many people in New England whether you like it or not Bill and Bears I know them <laughs> I have never been more nervous oh, after you've said something I know well, I mean Bears Belichick's assistant Bears they don't like me in New England it's official I know that what do you mean they don't like me I can tell I mean Bill doesn't want to look at me or shake my hand <laughs> Bears. Yeah, but who does he really look at? No, I know some, but then Bears. I saw his Bears, his assistant at the owners' meeting. He walked right by me. I literally had to go, "Hey, how you doing?" And then like make him. I had to make him turn around and say hello to me. Man, but I just I think it's more and more fascinating. All of these guys who have never come out before, yeah. talking about something so openly. Yes, it's also awesome because as an Eagles fan, I feel like I caused all of this. <laughs> you caused you know? some of it. Yeah, he wears on people. It's a tough experience up there. I mean, whether it's been coaches or yes. front office people, whoever it is, they leave there going. Damn, I made it out alive. I might be smarter. I was it's like, absolutely miserable while I was working there. Yes, we won, but I was absolutely miserable on a daily basis. That's how most of them are. I saw an advertisement for the Marine Corps, right. and it was like, you leave here a better man. And I was like, I don't know if I can handle the process of becoming a better man. <laughs> right. And that's why I feel like Belichick is. A little bit. It's like joining the Marines. Uh-huh. You leave and people go... Wow, you're a you're a tough son of a gun. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. But going through it, I don't know if I you wouldn't go back. No. But not go back. I mean, that's the reason I got out. And so it's what all my coach friends always tell me. They go, well, you did start off at the worst place. And I'm like, yep, I did. You're right. But it's also the best place. It was the best place, too. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next Patriots topic. Next question. As the Patriots world turns. Gronk not at start of offseason program. And this is where it continues again. Gronk not at the program. Yep. Jeff Howe of The Athletic reported that the absence from voluntary workouts is, quote, about the money. Gronk 28 is due $8 million in 2018 per spot track. However, there are no guarantees left on that six-year, $54 million deal he signed in June 2012. Right. So I'm looking at it right now, and I'm going, wow, one— you don't see many contracts go to completion in the NFL. Either you're renegotiating or they're cutting you before you get to that money. Yeah. But we're at the point where there's no guaranteed money left. Yes. So Gronk is would, in essence, be playing this year, and if he got hurt, he could lose a lot of money. Right. Well, once he gets to see, yes, I mean... What he get if he got hurt to start the year, he's gonna get his nine million that he's supposed to get this year or his gotcha. average, whatever it may be. Now, is he below like I, I got spot track up here right now? He's the fourth highest paid tight end in football right now in yearly average salary, right? Jimmy Graham's now number one at ten million. Travis Kelsey's two with nine point three million. Jordan Reed's just a hair under that and also at nine point three million. And then Gronkowski's averaging nine. Yes. Now we know that Rob Gronkowski's better than all of those guys, so he does deserve to be paid more. Right. Now they got him for the low. 
The Patriots were smart. They I believe did. I was there, or they were talking about Mrignoch getting his contract right after I left. Yeah, they got him in six years ago, 2012. Right. Yes, so I was there. That's so what I mean. do yes. you think Bill will repay him? Do well, you think Bill will give him a contract, or do you think he's going to say play it out? Well, last year, didn't they sweeten his deal and give him an extra $5 million if he so. reached some of the incentives, right? So he made that. But, hey, listen, maybe it is about uh, – a money, it might be certainly. I also just think it's day one of OTAs, and, and nobody wants to be. Or there not anyway. even it's training. It's not even OTAs. It's just training. Like yeah. Gronk, he's obviously getting trained by TB12 and that method. So maybe he's got his own workout going on already. Okay, because people are saying that if he misses three practices, he loses out on a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, I saw the workout uh, bonus. bonus. Right, yes. right. Yeah. So it depends. He's usually like th- th- like contracts that have like ninety percent, uh, you know, participation rate. Off-season and off-season workouts. workouts are 95%. So if it's 90% and let's – yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to be three or four maybe he can miss. So where is the Chris Sims brain leaning right now? Does Gronk get more money? Does Gronk retire? Does Gronk play under his current contract? Does all this end? I think Gronk gets more money. I think they find a way to finagle another year or two's worth of money out of him or find a way to maybe give him something more guaranteed this year. Because to me, because he can't, if he's threatening retirement, right. you're not offering him a long-term deal no, or a three-year extension. No. It is a guaranteed money that he wants this year. Right. And then for, for him, you got to say, like, yeah, if you're contemplating retirement, right, you can't do that and say, oh, I want three more years because if you retire a year or two early, they're going to go, how about some of that signing bonus back, a la Richie Incognito right now, yeah. which which we should probably talk about it a little bit, too, because he doesn't apparently seem to know what his contract situation is. Oh, is that what happened? He said, I'm retiring, and they're like, well, then pay us back. He's I mean, like, they made retiring. him take a pay cut. He agreed to the pay cut. He pissed off. Then he says he's retiring. Then they think he realizes, oh, I might have to pay back $1.5 million in my signing bonus. And he tweets at the team, hey, just release me, please, so I don't have to be here. So I'm very interested to see where that goes. Richie Incognito's not thinking something through? (laughs) No. Uh, But Gronk, I look at it, and it's interesting. This whole retirement storyline with the WWE, Belichick isn't going to lose in this game of chicken. Belichick's not going to be like, oh, no, if I don't pay you more. Speaking of Belichick, let's get to the last one. What's crazy, though, how we talked about Gronkowski being the number 4 paid tight end in football. The number 10 paid tight end in football is Dwayne Allen, who's also on that roster, and he's making $7.3 million. Yeah, which was that an indie contract that Patriots got in the trade? Uh, for, uh, let me just see. What the hell did they do last year? Did they trade for Dwayne Allen? They did, right? Well, no, they I trade don't know because I know that the Dorset uh, Jacoby Brissett was a trade. I don't know. I think Dwayne Allen may have just been a sign. I got I got. I just can't imagine him paying that much money. I'll go to the Belichick press conference. I was in yeah. jury duty, duty, and I watched 24 minutes of Belichick talking, which is in essence watching a robot explain their programming to people. Just to correct it, it was a. Colts contract and he was traded, right? No. I don't know. Great. Uh, so Belichick in the press conference. Colts contract. Colts contract. Colts Great. contract, yeah. Uh, one, he talked about how it's easy to rank positions, but it's hard to compare them. He said it's easy to rank the top five tight ends, but it's hard to compare the number two corner to the number three running back. And I was like, Bill gets a weird sick satisfaction out of that, I could oh, tell. Yes. 
Yeah, you mean is that like, what you saw too? You mean like him going into a room and not letting anybody in there, and then hearing the garage door go open? That this is the time of the year. I would say around eleven o'clock every morning. Bill's walking upstairs into the front office, part of the New England Patriots facility. He's walking into their draft room, and then about five seconds after you hear him in the draft room, you hear, and that's the big metal garage door they have guarding the draft board where nobody else on the organization gets to even see it other than him, Nick Casario, the owners, and maybe pro personnel guy. And the draft board is mainly the big board, which is, is that the compilation? Yes. I mean, he's going to have all positions, all positions ranked, right? And then probably have an overall big board to go to problems like you were just said. That's why you have to have intricate grading systems, right? You can't have like, you got to go, oh, one guy's a 7.2 and the other one's a 7.15 because you get you might get to the draft process and go, damn, we got like... Like 12 7.2s here. Right. You know, how do we differentiate the, through them? So there, there has to be a little more detail than just a normal roundabout number. He also said they use mock drafts yep. uh, to like, like quiz themselves and prepare for things that sure. are going on in the draft. Sure. He said that there's, he said to scout a guy, there's, it's like a hundred piece puzzle. And, and he went on and started listing things. He said agility, strength. And then he goes, medical opinions. And these were the ones that I really found interesting. Ability as a teammate, rate of improvement, rate of decline. He mentioned injuries multiple times, but then I realized Bill probably does everything, like willingness to eat dinner indoors instead of spending money at a restaurant. Definitely. And then he talked about need versus talent. And he said, well, again, the whole draft need thing, I don't really understand it. You put a card up on the board. That doesn't mean the guy is a good player. I think it's important to acquire good players wherever they are. If you take a position, a player at a position that you might need, but he's not good enough to fill that need, it's a wasted pick. Yes. I don't understand the whole need thing. Right. So we always talk about a blend between draft and need and Belichick is saying, I don't need need. Yeah. So what I, what I think, alright, so like, we're not, I always tell you about the sign that was by my office, right? We're not collecting, we're not just here collecting players, we're building a team. Mm. And they laugh at teams that go, I got a first round grade on this guy, or a second round, or we're going to take the best player available because they don't agree with that. That's they laugh not what they're, at that. They laugh at that. In fact, they like almost encourage, like, oh, when they tell you that they have a second grade, uh, second round grade on the guy, just go along with it and say, oh, yes, us too. Don't tell them about our grading system, mm. whatever it may be. So that's the first part of it. Now, you do, know, they, do you think do they collect all those headlines and like remind on the draft? They keep everything. Like really? I told you, I mean, we were looking under stones in Germany, and I was evaluating people that I was like, who the hell is this guy? Von der Von Von Schwitz is who <laughs> ran a 4-9. But whatever. Um, the, the, the need versus talent thing, yeah, it, it, okay, that has that's the proper way. He explained it right, okay, right? I mean, you're not going to just go, oh, all right, we need a middle linebacker. This is, fixed it. Got this one. is picks 31 of the draft, but, oh, this middle linebacker's our 54th best player on the board. You don't just take him at 31. Of course. Right? So he's saying basically you have to balance out need with value of players on the board to go along with it. So maybe the need might not match up with the number one player at that need or at that position, but they might have a second position of need where they go, oh, well, D-tackle – 
there's a guy here. We're picking 31, and we have him as 15th in the draft, right. so we can take him. That so that, I think that's what he was basically saying. He's not just going to draft a guy just because. Oh, we need this position, and we're going to do it. Yeah, of course. It right. just it did seem like he found every other team comical. That it's uh, and how they draft. So like these last few months, if you're in the Patriots building, you're like looking around at other teams in the league and being like, "What are these people talking about?" Well, yeah, I mean, even during I think it's more during the summer season, the NFL season when the scouts are out on the road, and then you come back and you hear they give all their information. Hey, listen, I talked to the strength coach on this team, and you know Johnny's Johnny's in the weight room at the right time every day and does some extra stuff. You know, I talked to his guidance counselor, and oh, she said he's a little all over the place with school. I mean, he gets it done, but it's not perfect. So they're going to go all angles of the player. And then they're also going to go, yes, you know, on my travels to see this player, I was with scouts from blah, blah, blah teams, and they talked about this as the player or that of the player, what it made him to be. Man. So all that goes into it, certainly. Just, yeah. Why, if you were a scout, I would never talk to anybody in the Patriots organization. Yeah, no, you got to be careful. All right, let's go to our next topic. We have three left. Quarterback whisperer. Uh-oh, bad offseason. Show me the money. Quarterback whisperers. All right, quarterback whispers. We have uh, three people this week, Sims. Three people. Sean Payton, Bruce Arians, and Ryan Leaf. Damn. Yeah. They are. They're whisperers. <laughs> Two of them are yellers. All right, and which one are we talking about first? We are talking about Bruce Arians. Bruce Says Arians. the cards should take... Lamar Jackson. Yes. Amen to that. So, Bruce Arians came out there and said, uh, that's one guy I'm really intrigued with because mm. he can spin it. And he's been in a pro-style offense, and he's been coached hard by Bobby Petrino. See? Sounds like a young Chris Sims. Right. He brings that unique skill set, and it makes me look back at Vince Young. Vince could beat you, and he was a heck of a leader. I don't know why it didn't work out for him, but listening to him now telling his story, he's like, I didn't put the time in. I think Lamar puts the time in. He's going to get better, and he just brings that unique ability to break the game open with his legs. Yes. I mean, in a draft where we're talking about, there's not a lot of elite like skill players, right? Especially on the offensive side of the ball. This, other than Saquon Barkley, might be the most dangerous offensive player in the draft. I mean, so again, is it raw? Are there things not to like? But yeah, I mean, basically, what Bruce is trying to say, the Cardinals should take him at what pick twelve? Is that where they're 15, at? Fifteen. Yeah. It would make a lot of sense. I mean, it really would. Again, I am just a believer in the fact that Lamar Jackson, once he gets outside of the college environment and no more twenty-hour rule, and you have coaches watching you on a daily basis, mm. and they're getting there, and oh, you know, you're the coach, and you're, you're there, you are coach. Left go. Hey, look at Lamar. Your left foot's here. Your right, right foot needs to be here day after day after day. And then it goes onto the field, and you go, Hey, Lamar, think about your left foot and your shoulder turn or whatever. And you consistently, and all of a sudden, you start going, Damn. Okay, you know he's hit the bullseye now. Right uh, on twenty comebacks he's thrown, he's spot on every time. Because like Bruce said there too, Bruce sees it. He can spin the ball. Bruce Special. is truly the quarterback whisperer. He's up there. Every quarterback mm-hmm. talks about how he works with them, whether it's Peyton Manning or Ben Roethlisberger, everyone over the years. Now he's also had some ones where he went, "Let me try and work on Logan Thomas." Right, and he's he sees raw talent yes. and then tries to get the most. But out that's of it. the see to me that's what you're supposed to do. You know, again, we we worry about always. Oh, it's the number one thing that you and I we drives us crazy about the NFL. I mean, oh, let's draft a backup because he's good in the meeting room. He's good on the right. board. 
I mean, and Bruce is like, no, let me take raw talent. Let me take a raw talent, and I might make it. him a superstar. He might be Brett Favre or somebody like that. That's what he's looking at. So, how much does it mean to you that Bruce Arians said that? Um, I, I to me, it's does just, it feel like a vote of confidence? Well, yeah, it's just another. It'd be one of the like people I really trust in the NFL on the subject to go. All right, that's good. That's good. He yeah. sees it the same way I do. It was interesting. A group of NFL executives voted the Cardinals most likely to trade up for a quarterback. Ooh. So if they trade up, I doubt it would be for Lamar. Right. The sentiment around the NFL seems to be you can wait for Lamar. It seems to be. But, I mean, but you're going to four go in the top range, five. Right. Exactly. You right. You can't wait. And what if the Chargers are hot on them or some other team is hot on them? They, they might have to be, be careful. I mean, Lamar Jackson is the kind of guy that I just feel like we're all going to watch preseason football and we're going to see him throw a bomb and we're going to see him run for a 70-yard touchdown, and every team in football is going to go, damn, why didn't we pick him? Yes. I mean, I just feel like that's just what it's waiting to be. All, All right, right, let's go yeah. to uh, the next quarterback whisper. Sean Payton talks up Sam Darnold. So this is uh, Peter King's MMQB article. Again, Peter King will be here on Wednesday. Uh, Sean Payton said, he was mm-hmm. talking about all the quarterbacks. He said, I, I feel for all the teams that feel they have to draft a quarterback. You can't just make one in our league. It's And I wouldn't feel confident about this group having to find my guy at the top. Yeah. He said, quote, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these guys is left standing in four or five years. If only one of these guys is left standing in four or five years. And if so, I guess it would be Sam Darnold. Yeah. Now, the Saints are a team, just like the Cardinals, right. but that are rumored to take a quarterback. Right. But Sean's still the coach. Yeah. What do you read into this? This is a guy that you respect with a quarterback that you're not that high on. Yeah, I do. And again, like Sam Darnold's a top 20 pick to me. I just don't think he's the number one or number two pick. I don't. Uh, that's the way I look at it. I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and argue with it. I mean, you know where I stand with the quarterbacks. Uh, they all have flaws. I can see what people like in Sam Darnold. I just don't think it's going to translate. We'll see. I mean... I just don't see superstardom. I don't see slam dunk number one or number two pick. That's what I would say. I mean, to me, he's a little bit of a project, and he's young, and there's some things he can improve on. But, I I mean, I know Sean's not the only guy I've talked in the NFL that I respect about the quarterback position who's watched Sam Darnold and been like, eh, I kind of liked what I saw, you know. So uh, I get it. That's fine. I don't see it. It's not that I don't think he can't be a good player. It's just I don't see that slam dunk one or two. And he's right with, like, he's put it spot on. I mean, again, none of these guys are Luck or Carson Wentz. None of these guys are as good as the three last year, like we've talked about. Yes. I mean, he loved Mahomes last year. We know. I mean, I I know that the Saints had Mahomes as the number one player in their draft. They were gonna. There was a reason the Chiefs traded up the pick before the Saints to get Mahomes because they had a pretty good uh, inkling that they were going to go Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think Mahomes on the Saints would be great, but Lattimore worked out pretty well. Yeah, it went, it went really Man. well. Yes. Yeah, it's so funny. The Saints had all these draft things they were going to do, yes. and none of them happened, no. and now they're sitting there with a great draft class. Yeah, oh yeah. The last one was Ryan Leaf on busts. Yeah. This one I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. So Ryan Leaf suggested that of the five quarterbacks that are ranked at the top of this class, Yep. The quarterback that reminds him the most of himself in 98 as a possible bust was who, Sims? I'm going to guess it's Baker Mayfield. It is Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Quote, a good litmus test for me is always when I listen to radio interviews or TV interviews. I tend to close my eyes and listen to the voice and hear the answer. I always say, if it sounds like the 98 version of Ryan Leaf, there's a definite red flag to be raised there. (laughs) Now, 
he did come out last year and say the most impressive of the incoming quarterbacks was Deshaun Watson. Right. And he was right there. It doesn't mean it's completely valid. Yep. He also said about a month ago on Fox Sports Radio, the highly competitive, borderline arrogant, angry individual, yeah. the biggest thing for me is how will he deal with failure? Right. That's where my downfall was. When things began to fall apart, how was I going to deal with it? When the media is on you, you play a bad game, the whole city is on you, that that's where we'll see where Baker Mayfield is at. Right now, there's no evidence to back up that when things get tough, he won't break. First question. Yeah. How much value do you put on Ryan Leaf talking about this topic? I, I mean, I, because it, I listen to it. I listen. It's funny. Right. We always hear quarterbacks that were very successful try to talk about players and which ones of them will also be successful. Right. This is the first time I've ever heard of a guy openly talk about being a bust and talking about bust traits. Yes. I've never heard it from this side before. You're right. And if there's anyone that's more able to locate problems and stuff, it's probably going to be Ryan Leaf. Sure. Not saying that he's going to be in a perfect evaluator of talent, the quarterback position, but he definitely would notice things before other people would notice things. Um, Yeah. And it made me stop and go, I wanted to write it off yeah. and be like, oh, Ryan Leaf is going for the, the, the attention grab and stuff. But I don't know if he is. I think this is just an honest evaluation. I think so, too. I don't think it's an attention grab at all. I think he's truly just given his honest talk here about the quarterbacks and their conversation. Listen, Ryan Leaf had big-time talent. He knows what talent looks like. I'll say that. So he's going he's gonna to have a good idea of that. And then, yes, I mean, all the points he brought up are certainly big questions. I, I would just push back with this. You know, Baker Mayfield's been through a lot. He was at Texas Tech. They didn't want him. They didn't even offer him a scholarship. And they said, you know what? We still don't want you, even though you came here and played good. Leave, okay? So then he goes to Oklahoma, and he had to prove himself there. So he's been through trials and tribulations. And he loves the sport. I understand he's got a little bit of that attitude. Everyone talks about being an amazing leader. That's the number one. That's where I was going to go with this. I mean, it's not even an amazing leader. But, like, as I've told you, like some of the people I know around the NFL – literally said they have gone out of their way to try to find something bad about Baker Mayfield, and they cannot find it. Like, everybody loves him. The team loves him. The equipment guys love him. The coaches love him. He's all in on football. You heard John Elway and the Broncos say how impressive he was at the senior ball, right? So, to me, I understand uh, uh, Ryan Ryan Leaf. Sorry, I was going to say Ryan Mallett at first. Ryan Leaf's point, and I think those are good questions. I will say this. I agree with him. If one of the quarterbacks were to bust, I would pick Baker Baker Mayfield to be the bust. Really? I would. Yes. Because of the size issue, and he's not as athletic as I think people think he is in I their mind, right? I mean, he's, he's. I learned that in the against Georgia. Yeah, right. I mean, he couldn't outrun many of those guys. Any of them. Yeah. And really, when you, when you saw any games like that, even Ohio State, he made a few little plays in the pocket, but he didn't run anywhere. You know, 485 speed is not going to run around the edge in the NFL. No. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, because I, I think it's a very unfair thing that we do is calling players bust. We've yeah, talked about this. Right. The GM overdrafts you. Right. But if this quarterback crop, we are going to learn so much about Alice. He could be the one to fall, I think. That's the one where I look at like where we might be sitting That's there. It's crazy because I hear him as if he's there for the Jets or at three or the Broncos at five. Whew. Maybe the Broncos will do it. I, I'll say this. As much as I like him, you know I like Baker Mayfield. I, I would have a hard time drafting him. 
I'm just and especially you're just seeing you're not seeing the elite traits. I, and I, I really would have a hard time drafting a six foot quarterback if I'm going to sit here and just have honest talk with everybody. here. I would like honest. Talk. Yeah, I mean that's just the way I feel. I mean we 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 constantly go back to the two quarterbacks in the history of the sport and Brees Drew Brees and Russell, and Russell Wilson, Wilson yeah. right? And I want to go okay, but. You know, Drew Brees beat Andy Roddick one on one on tennis. Russell Wilson just went and hit home runs for the Yankees. Like they're special athletes, so mm. I don't know if he is in that category uh, with the size. It's just troubling. I'm not. He might be a star. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if there's one that I had to pick as the bust, I would pick him. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it's. I, I just. Found Who would you go? Who would you go bust? Oh, I think I think the easiest one is Lamar. Yeah. Because I think that there's structural issues to his throwing motion. Right. Uh, all of the uh, off the field. I, I don't want to say it's it's more it's of the, the I don't. There's just questions. The management, the Lamar Jackson management, right, is what we. I, I don't. I don't know all that. And then I would say the other one is Josh Allen. Yeah. Just because um, I look at his physical traits and I find him to be huge and have a strong arm and, and be able to run and do all those things, but there are so many question marks about his performances in college. Yeah. That a lot of it is a projection. Right. And a lot of it is wait until he gets some really good coaching and some better players around him. And I'm like, well, those were the coaches from Carson Wentz, and so I just I, I have faith in them. Yeah, I get you. This is the this is why this is a great draft because they why, all have flaws, and that's why I think Josh Rosen's my number one. Right. Because I have the least amount of questions. Yeah, I mean, Lee, he's not... too smart. Yeah. He's too prepared. Right. His 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 structure is too good. Like right. he he you know he's got all of that. And I... then who am I missing? Sam Darnold. Yeah, I just don't think Sam Sam Darnold is probably the number one bust because I'm on on with you. I don't think he's athletic enough for the NFL to get away with what he did in college. Right. Right. But so that would be I know. Yeah, they all got it's it's a great combo this year. And and again, I have friends in the NFL who I've talked to, they have Rosen as the number one quarterback. They're evaluators, they're not the GMs, they're not making the call. Right. But they're people I talk to and they're like, No, Rosen was the guy for me. I checked the most boxes. I thought he was the best one. Yeah. So I, I get it. It's it's interesting. Rosen's the guy that I would have the most confidence in, but I wouldn't bet on him to be um like the number one. Like if they all panned out, he's not number one. He's oh, got right, the, right. He's got he the, doesn't have the pure physical ability to be that, like, get on my team, get on my shoulders, team, and I'll carry you. Like, that's not what he's going to yeah. do. He's, like, the highest floor and the second lowest ceiling, in my mind, behind Darnold. Like, Darnold has the lowest ceiling. Lowest ceiling. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I think I'm with you there, too. That's where I think the Josh Allen thing is interesting, too, because I think Josh Allen has the, with Rosen, he has the highest floor. Like to me, that's interesting. So many people would disagree. Yeah, with I know. Because Al, to me, the, the, I look at Allen and go, the very worst he's going to be is like a really high end, like backup quarterback or like a middle of the road starting quarterback. With that size, the best Wonderlick score mm-hmm. out of the quarterbacks and his ability to throw, I just have a hard time going, oh, it's going to fall apart and he's going to be out of the league in five years. Yeah, I agree. You know, it'll be interesting. It will be. All right, so two topics left, Sims. Uh-oh, bad offseason, and show me the money. Jeez. Pop, I got the black lung. I got the black lung, Pop. Jeez, what'd you do this weekend? I died. I, I drank. I ate a lot of chicken soup. That's what you did. You ate a lot of chicken soup. That's what gave you the cough. <laughs> no, that's how I was trying to battle it. Uh-oh, bad off-season. Uh-oh, bad off-season. It is not I don't a good... know who you're going with here. Really? Yeah, I don't. All right, well, then the first pull. The first pull. For uh-oh, bad off-season this week. It is. Reuben Foster charged with 
DV. Yes, domestic violence. This is an interesting one because it's a mix of uh, human, like humanity, yeah. and then also business. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading Peter King's article, and they're talking about how the Saints felt so lucky that Reuben Foster, they didn't take him. And I'm sitting there going, man, this Reuben Foster is accused and charged of... Uh, attacking his living girlfriend, leaving her bruised, rupturing her eardrum, and then, according to the report, drag her by her hair, threw her out of the house, and punched her in the head eight to ten times. No one's lucky in this situation, right? Like, that's the humanity of this is holy crap, this is still an issue of major players in one league committing acts of domestic violence. And I just. A few days later, to be like, man, whoo, thank God we didn't draft that guy. I know. I was like, oh, okay. Now, not the best choice of words, but that's not what they meant. Of course, of yes. course. Now, the 49ers have not cut him. The 49ers? The 49ers. The 49ers. They have not cut him. They are waiting for the legal process to go out, which I understand as well. Yes. Um, you know, Daryl Worley got arrested and he got immediately cut. When you're a first round pick, you get a longer leash and they want to see the law play out. Yes. When you heard this, though, you were like, this is why you don't draft the guy. Yeah. I, I mean, this is the things you heard in the NFL, that there was there's a lot of – this is why he – between his shoulder – You didn't shoulder, hear domestic violence, but no. you heard there was a lot of things to be scared there of. There was off-the-field concerns, yes. And some of the crowd he was with. around, exactly right. That, along with some people thought the structural issue in his shoulder was a little scary. So that's why he fell, and then the 49ers, of course, traded back up to get into the first round to take him at the end of the first round for that. But that it, that's exactly why you see – a lot of teams and organizations just go, we're not going to deal with it. It's we don't know. Right. And, you know, he is a phenomenal football player. We know that. I, I do. I, I think the 49ers are handling it the right way. I mean, come on, let's let him have his, you know, day in court. Day in I court. Agree. No doubt about that. And Jed York, that's what I like about Jed. Jed seems like a very normal human being. And I know Kyle and John Lynch are too. And they're not going to pass judgment. Before they are. And I also like that Jed York said he's going to make the final call. You have to do that. He's got to. The coach is going to favor the player, especially mm. if he's talented. Like, it's hard to separate that, right? Yes. Because that's his guy. I drafted yes. him. Um, so and I, now the Niners are at nine and probably going to have to draft his replacement. Well, so that's where, it, that's where it becomes interesting, too, right? So, I mean... What do you do with the Niners there? Because you're sitting there and all sides are pointing to Tremaine Edmonds or Roquan Smith being there at the right. same position that Ruben Foster exactly. plays. <laughs> and it's a huge need now. It is. I mean, it, we do think you it go, is. If you're the GM, yes. do you act like he's off your team? Like, I know that we're waiting, but in your mind, are you going, he's not a part of our team? I would. I would. It is, just everything I've read, it seems a little too serious. Yeah. I and just, I understand yeah. it. If he committed this, you're off the team. What stinks? Sorry. If you do waste that pick on somebody like a Tremaine or a Roquan, and then all of a sudden he comes back, well, then you have it's two awesome. studs. You get two studs, yes, but you might miss out on another position. You have Patrick need. Wilson, Navarro Bowman all over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're right about that. And this is the Seattle scheme where they're looking for a Bobby Wagner and a KJ Wright, or a, you know, or guys in uh, Jacksonville and Miles yes. Jack and Talvin Smith. Smith. Right. So it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I, I'm extremely interested to see what my buddy Kyle does. I really am. Um, because I don't know what to say. Those two linebackers that are there, Roquan is a slightly lesser version of Reuben Foster. I wrote that in my did you? Yeah, in my notes. I just wrote he's he's Reuben Foster from last year, but not quite as good. And then the Tremaine Edmonds kids is one of my favorite guys in the draft. I mean, he's he's 
my favorite guy. He is an absolute freak. I mean, yes. he, he really is. He's he's, a, he's amazing. He's certainly he's, he's Anthony Barr with game tape. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. You know, we've actually seen him play middle linebacker. Right, exactly right. It's not All a right. projection. Two more guys that are uh-oh bad offseason. Uh-oh. Not as serious as Reuben Foster, which I'm going to say again. It's disgusting. It is. Okay. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. What the hell, Mark? Suspended for performance-enhancing drugs four games. Quote, I have taken the same regimen of supplements for the past five years without any issues. The timing and results of my test establish circumstances of unknowing supplement contamination, not the use of performance-enhancing substances. It sounds like he's saying someone messed Mis- with this mis- sample. Mislabeled it? Or are they saying he's somebody maybe mislabeled something that he takes? Circumstances of unknowing supplement contamination. Someone put in substances or something that he didn't know about. Are we believing it? No. I can't believe anybody anymore. I give up. I give up. Damn, it's unreal. Immediately, the internet's like, you were taking performance-enhancing drugs, and you played like that? <laughs> well, I mean, he never played as bad as everybody wants to just jump all over him for. Of course. And he's pretty put together, if you saw him in person. Oh, he's a pretty jack guy? And he's got muscles, yeah. for sure, yes. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, it's just like Thomas Davis. There's two guys that, if you made me bet that they took I would probably say no, but it's hard for me to take them at their word. It's hard for me, too, just to go because you know and been around enough football players to know what they're kind of obsessed with everything they put in their body for the most part. Is there anything where, let's say, the NFL is about to put new stuff on their contamination list. Is there anything that I could take pictures of what I have and send it to the NFL and go, I've been taking yes. this. Is this going to clear? Yes. Oh, there is. Yes. You can send it to the NFLPA, and they're going to tell you. They're going to give you actual the things you can buy off the shelf at GNC that you can actually buy, and they're going to have a whole other list to go, don't buy these ones. They have illegal substances that you'll test positive for, even though they might not be a steroid or whatever. Right. Let me just say this. Note to all NFL players, there's no magic pill, okay? Stop with the stupid GNC crap. Work out, eat healthy, take a damn protein shake, call it a day. I mean, gosh. Oh, if I take the GNC pill, I might I might get four inches on my vertical and some other body part might get four more inches. Wink, wink, if you know what I mean. Biceps. Biceps, right. That's what I was thinking. Not. Yeah. But regardless, stop. Like, give it up. There's no special... Pill. I know. These are amazing athletes. Get it, Get over it. You don't need creatine before your workout. Oh, I benched 295 instead of 290 because of creatine. Whoa, that's amazing. Big off season. Like, just freaking work out. Yeah. Watch what you eat or eat more of it. Take a protein shake. Start it all over again the next day. Do you? So ah. like, this always turns into a conversation about competition and needing to be the best and fueling and all that stuff. Then, but I also know that you guys are inherently repetitive. Yes. And you always will do the same thing all the time. So the introduction of these new supplements and stuff, I feel like you guys, though, are so routine that it would seem you know, counter to what you guys normally do. I know, but I think like how you started it off is what the real thing is. They go, oh, I can get a little edge right here. Yeah. I got an edge. I'm going to go around the corner of this offensive tackle now that I took this GNC supplement. My thing is, is I'm waiting for the person that gets busted to out the person that gives them the supplements. 
Don't tell me that your supplements got weird. Tell me, I have an issue. This trainer, Mark Murphy, changed my supplements. That's like, like if it's not you, then give me who it was. But I think it's them more times than not. That's the problem. This is the NFL, too. This is not the NBA or baseball where everybody's got private trainers. Some do. Only the big-time stars. Yeah, I want to see like a guy on YouTube being like, here is what I take all the time. I'm going to give you all of it. Like, these guys put out their statements and their apologetic videos. I want someone showing me all the supplements they take. And somehow this worked, and now it's not. Yeah. Like, I just know that if I was accused of something, mm-hmm. I would be going on a world tour. I would to be showing myself. my paper. I, I would, would be showing my paper. I'd be like, "Listen, this is what I tested positive for. I don't take this. Whatever yes. it is." I mean, I think also as a society, the, apo- the the tearful apology or the tearful denial carries no weight. Yeah, it's done. I've seen it in politics. I've right. seen it all the time. Blah blah blah. Right. I always say this. Who was the Andy Pettit? Right. I took steroids, and everybody went, "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm probably going to vote from the Hall of Fame because he's honest." Right. But all these other people, I know. I'm done. I know. All right, the last one for uh oh, big offs, what? bad off season Gosh. was Des Bryant, cut from the Cowboys, released. <coughs> I had a list of teams that it's not funny. All right, so Des Bryant released from the Cowboys. I'm not shocked by this. He was getting paid a lot of money. He was not at that level anymore. It makes sense, even though the Cowboys are really shallow at wide receiver. Yes. Uh, and for an owner who claims to have all the money in the world, man, does he release people and give out bad contracts. It's unbelievable. He does. Um, Des Bryant. Yes. Where in your heart of hearts do you think he ends up? I, I, uh, so I know we have a social video coming out. My heart of hearts, I think he's going to end up in Baltimore. He's a Raven. I mean, he just seems that way. He's perfect for a Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is great at throwing to receivers who can't separate. I mean, I'm not trying to say that as a knock. I mean, that is truly as like a big That's outside one of his re- abilities. like Crabtree, right? Where he can go, oh, you're not covered. You mean you're covered? You're not open? Well, I'll just throw a back shoulder ball, and you guys have such phenomenal hands, you'll just snag it. So I could see that he fits within the attitude of the football team. He does everything, right? He's not afraid to run block and be physical that way. We talk about his limitations, yeah. but he's still a Good wide receiver. He's still like good. He's a good number two. I just don't think he's a number one. I had three teams. Yeah. I also had the Bills in there. Yeah. Um, I had the Panthers in there just because I think Cam Newton could that do a could really work, good sales right? pitch. But the three that I came up with, Ravens. Yep. Just because I, I everything you said. Yep. Raiders. Okay. Uh, just because um, I look at their team and go, okay, so it's Jordy and Cooper. And maybe, I don't know what his relationship with Gruden, but I thought he could fit in there. And the other team, and where I'm going to make my prediction, right. but again, Dez is picking. This is not, this is free agency. I think the best fit for him is the Bengals. I think when you look at the Bengals, mm. he, I think, would be a great compliment to AJ Green. Yes. Because AJ's taking the top off. Yep. Brandon LaFell is their number two. Yeah. I'm not putting any stock in John Ross right. or Boyd right, right now. But I think in Cincinnati with Marvin Lewis and the team and their identity and, and the players they've had before, but also the, the pairing with A.J. Green, yeah. I thought that would be a very good spot. It, it's a good Des. spot. I never thought about that one. It really is. And, of course, they are the, the type of team that certainly can handle those type of personalities. Um I mean, I, I'm not going to put that out there. It's not crazy. Now, the thing that I think people like, the, the might think are crazy is, like, he's not that much better than Brandon LaFell. See, this is where the other people got to fall into this. Like, Des Bryant is a projection at this point. That's truly what he is. Because you can't say, we're going to line Des Bryant outside and let him win one-on-one all no. game long. No. So what you have to do is say, 
damn, can Des Bryant start playing in the slot a little bit? Because that's what he's going to have to do, a la like a Brandon Marshall when right. he gets to that point. And we haven't really seen him do that. You don't think that, that he that. goes up better than Brandon LaFell? He like does up. He does. He does do that, but I don't know if he's a better route runner and things like that either. So he's yes, he's a better physical specimen. He's definitely going to catch the 50-50 balls. I don't think it's significantly better. I think it's going to be very interesting to see to me who offers him what because I because the Ravens need to mess around with their salary cap to yes, afford them right. Now, the Bengals have the cash. That's why I made up my pick, because they have like $21 million in the salary yeah. cap right now. My other two teams I went with in the social piece or whatever was I went Green Bay, number two. Okay. They could go him and Devontae Adams. Des Bryant with playing crop. for Green Bay. Right, and Rodgers is like a flacco where if you're covered, it doesn't really matter. He's gonna... The team that the, the catch happened against right. would be pretty unbelievable. It would be. And then the Cardinals. That was my third team. That was the other yeah. team I thought about, because they uh, don't have a lot of talent at the receiver position. It's Fitzgerald, who, of course, is coming to an end. J.J. Nelson. Yes. You want to give maybe Sam Bradford one more weapon. The only team in the NFC East that would need Des Bryant is the Cowboys. And no one else is going to yeah, sign Yeah, agreed. Him. I know. everybody. I mean, he was saying all that. I have a hard time. The other only other team I can look at and go, maybe, is the Redskins, right? Because maybe they're not sold on a Josh Dotson or whatever yes. it may be. But they also just signed Paul Richardson. Yes. And, uh, I mean... Paul Richardson's fast. Des Bryant ten million a year. Yeah, Des Bryant's not going to get ten million a year. I really don't think. No, he No, I think he's going to get in the eights. Eights, right? Eight and a half, somewhere in there. I would, I would agree. Do, again, the biggest thing is he has lost the ability to scare people with the nine route or the go route. Right. And you know, we talk about it all the time. If you once you lose that as an outside receiver, it's really hard to get open on an out route or a comeback or a twelve yard curl route because the really top notch DBs just go, well, damn. He can't run by me. I'm just going to sit on all this underneath stuff. All right, so let's go then to show me the money because these will be play. You literally took out all three. Uh, these will be players that will get money or have gotten money. What's the first one? Adidas wants Kaepernick. Adidas wants Kaepernick. Seahawks signed Stephen Morris, Austin Davis. Okay, so this is one of my favorite stories that apparently no one's really paying attention to. You know to. what nobody else paid attention to that I'd like to just point out real what? quick? That the Jacksonville Jaguars traded for the 71st first best quarterback in football. We talked about this literally two weeks Did ago. Did we talk about this. that they had the 71st? Like, it's hilarious. I don't even know. Are you sure we talked about this? I literally have comments that said, when you guys talked about Cody Kessler to the Jaguars, me and my friends lost our minds. Okay, God, I don't know. I'm losing my mind. Go ahead. I'm keeping this thing Sorry. together with glue sticks and tape. Why do you cough again one more time for us, Black Lung? I'm dying. Okay. Okay. By the way, with Des Bryant, yes. uh, Alan Hearns came out and said that they might as well retire 88. And I went, well, Drew Pearson wore 88. And I went and, and com- Michael Irvin. Right. And I went and compared the numbers between Des Bryant and Drew Pearson. Who do you think was better, Drew Pearson or Des Bryant? Um, you're t- st- Pearson played 43 more games. Des Bryant had 42 more catches mm. in 43 less games. Right. He only had 363 less yards in 43 less games. He averaged 15.9 more yards per game. He had 25 more touchdowns than Drew Pearson in 43 less games. But, you know, Drew, uh, Drew Pearson was a three-time All-Pro and a Super Bowl champion. It's a different game. It's a different it's game. very hard to And then run. I look at their height and weight. Right. And Des was 6'2", 225, and Drew Pearson was six foot 184. That's Just hilarious. a different human. Yes. To compare is. them is not even close. Yes. But Michael Irvin's the number one idiot. He's the number one idiot. Not even close. Yes, yes. But they should retire that number. I don't know why they keep giving it out. I don't know either. They don't do that. They just like enter they just enter names into the ring of honor. They don't retire numbers in Dallas. 
Man, because yeah. nobody gets retired. Nobody. Uh, all right, so show me the money. Uh, Adidas wants Kaepernick. This is my favorite story of the weekend. They go out there and they sign Stephen Morris, and they re-sign Austin Davis as backup quarterbacks after they were going to plan to have Kaepernick come up, but they said, what is your plan if you're going to keep kneeling? What are you going to do? And he didn't have one, apparently. This is whatever, reportedly. Right. And they canceled the meeting. Well, Adidas has come out. Mark King, the president of Adidas North America, and said, we want to endorse Kaepernick when he gets signed. Quote, we love athletes that have a platform to make the world a better place. If they're an activist in a way that brings attention to something that moves the world forward, even if there's controversy at that moment, we're really interested in those athletes because I think it represents the world today. He added, Adidas isn't in the business of activism, but quote, allowing our athletes to tell their story is really important to us. Number one, amazing move by Adidas. Yes, right. Amazing move to all the athletes that you're trying to represent. That's what the shoe industry has become. It's become a player representative industry. I saw it when we were in LA. Adidas, they have Harden. They have, you know, all the top guys. They they represent uh DJs. They represent musicians. Kanye. Kanye right. They are about talent acquisition. Who now. are their best athletes actually? So, Harden, Rodgers. Rodgers is an Adidas cleats wearer now. Yes. Aaron Judge, you think? You think so? There's a number of them. But what I th- think is so interesting, when we want somebody off of television, we say, get rid of the sponsors. You know, challenge the sponsors. When we talk about a player entering the NFL, oh, controversy, you know, we don't want the sponsors to get upset. But now we have a sponsor who's saying they want to endorse if this player ever gets the chance. And the reason I love it is it takes away one of those pegs in the argument against Kaepernick. Does he still have it at quarterback? That's one knock that we always have. He's a system guy. He doesn't fit our team. We hear that all the time. We're worried about our fans and our club box seats and our premium whatever. Mm -hmm. And what is going to happen with sponsorships and stuff? When one sponsorship is willing to go out on a limb and say, we want to support this guy, it's, and it's a, it's a great brand. Adidas is one of the highest rising brands in the world today. It just gives other sponsors confidence as well. It's, it's, it's just a, it's a vote of confidence sure. for a player. Yeah. And I, I wasn't expecting this to happen, but I think that's enormous in just the overall sphere of confidence. And I do, I said it two years ago now, a year and a half, the Seahawks are the team that can do it with Kaepernick. And I'm just, I'm getting the feeling that, you know, where Adidas is located, just like all the other shoe companies. Pacific Northwest, I just still think that Kaepernick is going to end up on the Seahawks before the year ends, before Mm. the year starts. Yeah. You're not feeling too confident. I love that Adidas did that, certainly. I mean, it's a great move. I mean, of course, then they probably see some monetary gain in trying to do that. but And they're going to see some monetary loss, too, I'm sure. I'm sure. But it ain't happening. He's not going. He's not going anywhere. He's not getting signed. I just don't. I know it. It's so just, all the all these calls and these workouts that ain't going to happen. They're all BS. They're you not going to so? do. It. Yeah, they're scared. They're too scared. They're scared of uh, alienating a certain part of their fan base that's going to feel very offended by it. Man, yeah, I know. It's a shame. It's it's ridiculous. If there's one team that needs a true insurance policy. For a quarterback that puts him out there that could get hurt, 
it is the Seahawks. Because if doesn't they really lose matter. Russell Wilson, yeah, right. they are a 1-15 in 15 team. It doesn't matter. He could be a great backup for anybody on any team. It doesn't matter. He's got high-level talent. I mean, high-level talent. Like, he is a gifted runner, and he's got an incredibly strong arm. And he was really never in a great offense. I mean, never. I mean, that's the thing that people forget. Like, those 49er teams were good because they were physically good, but they did nothing on offense. It was basic. It was, you know, we're going to smash it in your face with Gore, or you better be careful because we might not give it to Gore, and Kaepernick might run around the side for 80. And then if you get too many people at the line of scrimmage, he's going to throw it over the top of your head for 80. I mean, the offense was really based around his unbelievable skill set. So it's a shame that he's not in the NFL. And then his make-or-break year was with Jim Tom Sula. Yeah. Like, we look at that now and laugh, but his career is defined, like, the the ability to come back is defined by the Jim Tom Sula year. I know. Which wasn't bad either. Like it wasn't it was, bad. There was a lot of good. So. 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. It's just, it's, uh, it's, it's just not going to happen. And I mean, listen, I, can we get Eric Reed on a team first? Let's do him first and then go to Kaepernick. You're right. Because Kaepernick, of course, is, you know. There's a lot more questions. The number one villain. All right, so last two for show me the money. Browns, Jarvis, Landry, big contract. Five years. Yes. $75.5 million. Right. 47 guaranteed. 47 guaranteed puts him behind Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, and tied with Julio Jones. Hmm. He's tied with AJ Green for fifth in annual average at 15 million a year. Julio Jones is eighth. Meanwhile, the combined 2018 cap of the Patriots' seven highest paid wide receivers is 16.8 million. Yeah. Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Does this make you question John Dorsey at all, giving him this kind of contract? I mean, yes. Of course. That's, I mean,. I was this to me. I was like Jarvis Landry. Congratulations. Good for Jarvis. Holy crap! You the man, right? He has no business being in the conversation with these guys that are. He's in the AJ Green. You know, again, listen. Sammy Watkins is up there. I don't think he really deserves to be quite there yet either. With the Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, and our Antonio Brown, I can understand the Sammy Watkins thing a little bit more than the Jarvis Landry. I think what they're doing with Cleveland is they're paying him more for attitude and culture too. I think that's the other thing you have to take into account. So He's, why was his attitude and culture bad in Miami? I just because I think he was wanting to get paid like this, and they were like, "Come on, man! I mean, your attitude and culture is not worth that here." Right. So Cleveland, they're in a different spot. They're a different team. They're trying to kind of build something and appoint leaders. And this is the listen, one of our highest paid guys, a worker. Yeah. He'll do special teams, he'll block in the run game, you know, all those things. I think that's what he is. He's more of a model citizen for them. So, right now, for the next month, yes. the face of the franchise is Jarvis Landry. Kind of, yeah. And then whatever quarterback they draft, right. it will transition to him. Right. I mean, they got, I mean, is the culture worth that much? Probably not, not quite that much, but they made a trade for him and they got to make moves and okay. And you know what? I also think about it like this. Knowing you're going to draft a quarterback, yeah. knowing that you're going to have the rookie pay scale for exactly. your quarterback for the next five years, right. you could take some of that money and allocate it. He's healthy. He's dependable. Yes. you got a guy like Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman, who we don't know ever what's going to be there. That's the other so I think that's, what, that's what I mean. I think it's what it plays into all of it. Like yeah, going, not just for the team, but for that position. You're here every day. Let me tell you this. Right. If Jarvis Landry can make Josh Gordon play consistently yeah. and hold him accountable, right. 
then I would have paid him a hundred million dollars. <laughs> right. Because now you're getting two. Yeah. You know that because like, they're going to keep getting Josh Gordon at these cheap contracts. So maybe that's it too. Maybe Jarvis Landry's kind of getting some of Josh Gordon's money. Well, I, I just think he's all of that. You're right. I mean, he's the insurance policy. He's the leader. He's the guy that they just know they're going to be able to depend on on a week to week basis. Plus, they have an offensive coordinator in Todd Haley who knows how to get those kind of guys open. So yes. they feel like I'm sure they feel like you know, even though we might have concerns about him getting open against elite corners, our our guy, our offensive coordinator, is going to put him in positions to succeed that will then justify the contract. Last guy that was show me the money. Yeah. A little under the radar. Yeah. Cameron Meredith. Ooh. Bears put like a second round tender on him. Right. Try to get cute, not give him a lot of money. Right. Saints picked him up. Yeah. Give him like give $10 him? Million a year, I yeah. think. Right. And now he's in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Cameron Meredith was a stud when he played. He was. And I'm curious how a team like Chicago could mess around and let him go. A team that has big wide receiver issues. Because Allen Robinson's coming off an ACL. Kevin White's coming off whatever Kevin White's doing. Your best receiver last year was a running back. Uh, and now, Caramon Mer- Meredith on the Saints, I think, is is a really dynamic option that they just got out of nowhere. A very dynamic option. A guy that can do a lot of different things for their offense, too. I mean, Cameron Meredith, he can win on the outside, and he could be the slot guy over the middle, too. He's a little bit of a versatile guy that has no weakness. He might not have any real, legitimate, great eliteness. In my mind, no he weakness. takes over, what, Brandon Coleman? Yeah, he's going to be, or even maybe like a Willie Sneed. I was going to say, I, I look at them as a Michael Thomas, Cameron Meredith, Willie Sneed in the snot, maybe right. slot, maybe Brandon Coleman. In the Coleman. snot. No, that's in your nose. That's what I'm the doing. The snot's in your but nose. But Brandon Coleman, I think, is, he just had some fumbles last year. He's yes. never really reached his potential. He's a big, real big guy, and just a little clunky that way. But I just put this in here because I thought, you know what? We're going to look back at this in the middle of the year and be like, how did the Bears let him go? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bears, I think also, you got to, they paid, of course, Allen Robinson, sure. right? And they paid your tight end, Trey Burton, a good amount of money, too. Yes. So I think probably. But it was the designation that led to this. No, I know. I know. Well, they, they could have put a first round designation on Yeah. I, well, they were trying to cut corners and they were hoping nothing happened. And then, of course, they have Kevin White, too. So this is not a huge blow to their no, football but team. But that was my point, is that. You're going to rely on Kevin White and Allen Robinson both coming off big injuries again? Like, I just, that's not that safe to me. I know. Well, Cameron Meredith's coming off an injury, too. So, yeah. but I, I, I know. I, I'm, I hear you. He's yeah. got great potential in that offense. He certainly can do some big things. Saints are going to be so good next they, year. They should be. All right. What else you got for me before we wrap up? Um, Damakan Sue got 93 from the Rams. Ethan Westbrook gave it to him. Oh, so did he? Know. Yes, he did. And um, that's all I know. That's it. I don't think I have anything else. I've been watching drafts. I mean, I don't know what else you want to talk about, but not today. Okay. What are so you? I know you're watching a little bit of the defensive line. Is it exciting you? It is. Yes. D line is exciting. I mean, it, the interior D lineman so far, I, I am excited about. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of good players. So Wednesday we're gonna have Peter King. Yep. Next week. Uh, Monday, it sounds like there's a lot of things that could happen next week, so I don't want to preview it. Yeah. But I know that Miller is coming to town on Tuesday. Next week's freaking draft week. So we're going to have, I think, Miller on the show Wednesday and do like a big roundtable discussion Cool. cool. Uh, to lead up into our draft coverage. Right. Thursday night, it's going to be on Facebook, on the Bleach Report page. We're going to be live. I talked with a bunch of people about whether or not it's going to be the app and, and how that's going to work. But I do know this. 
Um, we are going to put maybe like picks one through ten as a YouTube video, eleven through twenty as a YouTube video. Oh, we're that's just going to do it. Well, this is what we're going to do oh, for okay, Sims and Lefko you, fans. You. Yep. We're going to clip it out, and it's going to be on YouTube if you want to watch it later. But if you want to watch it live with us on draft night, watch on Facebook, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You got something else? Well, I think you can announce our Monday guest. Is it official? That's what it said. 2.30 to 2.50 on Monday. All right. We are going to be having uh, Sam Darnold next Monday, which is going to be fun, and Sam Darnold's mom. So Sims is going to tell how he feels about Sam Darnold and how he's going to flame out right to his mom. No. (laughs) I don't think he's going to flame out. I just don't see the number one or number two pick. And I know you're going to call me out on all this in front of him, but we'll have a good conversation. I'll tell him my concerns. I'm just so excited to see his chin in person. Hey, listen, it's real. I saw it in person. It's real. It's a good one. It's like a Johnny Bravo. And chip. I mean, his I can't wait to ask him about his grandfather, who was like the original Marvel man. Was, no, it was Dick Hammer. Dick Hammer, of course. I mean, one I'm of the greatest names days. in the history of names. Yes, he was the Marlboro man. Yes. It's amazing. See, this is why I think Darnold's getting hyped up. Okay, so we're gonna have Peter <laughs> King on Wednesday, Darnold on Monday, and then a beautiful round table on Wednesday for Sims. Peace out, homies. Fendrick. Oh, congratulations. Fendrick got engaged. I'm letting it out of the hat. I don't oh. give a damn. Yup, yup. And now uh <laughs> pressure's on me. All right, and the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. We will holler at you later. We will see you guys Wednesday evening. Love you very much. Talk to you soon. Fendrick.